Oh, God is good. I told you a couple of months back what God was saying about a resurgence of the miracle signs and wonders in 2016. Over the last two weeks, I have been inundated with articles and prophecies from different individuals across the world, from Australia, from the U.S., saying that they are hearing from God that there is coming a renewal, some said revival, uh, of the gifts and operation of the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes the operation of the Holy Spirit is in tongues and interpretation, sometimes in prophecy, sometimes in word of knowledge, word of wisdom, sometimes in discerning of spirits. The flow goes many ways, but every person, listen to me, every person who is born again has the Holy Spirit in their life. Now then, not every person has surrendered their life to the point of the Holy Spirit having operation in their life. Generally speaking, uh, pastor of a large Baptist church and I used to in Austin and I used to have discussions about the fact that he would prophesy, but he did not want nothing to do with tongues. But he would prophesy. And uh, I was the only charismatic that he would pray with. And we would get together and pray together. And uh, I promised never to tell his board members. But I saw God do works in his life. And he could understand speaking prophetically, but he could not understand tongues and interpretation. Some of you know that recently the Baptist Convention has said that they will no longer oppose their missionaries speaking in tongues, which is a big step for the, the Baptist. But let's keep it over there. Now, some people said, well, that's strange. Why are they saying not missionaries? Because there is such a move of the miraculous and supernatural in Asia, Africa, and South America that if the Baptists want to keep up, they're going to have to move into the charismatic arena. And so they're missionaries. Well, what's going to happen when the missionaries come home? Some of you will remember 1951... Billy Graham was conducting a crusade in South Korea. And as he began to give the altar call for people to come forward to receive salvation, people began to drop their crutches. People began to scream out, I can see, I can hear. And Billy took the uh, drastic step of putting in his monthly newsletter, surely there's more to the salvation message than being born again, because I saw the miracle signs and wonders as people came forward believing God for a touch. 
that was never seen in any of his periodicals again because it drew so much heat because there was a great revival of healing and miracles taking place in the U.S. at the time, and the Baptists did not want to touch it. But every church group you're going to begin seeing, every legitimate church movement, you're going to begin to see signs in it of the operation of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God is God beyond the discipline of a church organization. But to begin to flow in the Holy Spirit, there are many people who have questions, thoughts, second thoughts, and third thoughts. And so I want tonight to have a couple of people take a few minutes and share with you uh, along the lines of learning to hear the Holy Spirit, being led of the Holy Spirit, being used of the Holy Spirit, different flows of the Holy Spirit that will begin to develop within you. And uh, Brother Sean is going to come first, and then Sister Gail. I will share a few words with you about this, but the biggest problem for most people is learning. There is no mental activity in the operation of the Holy Spirit. Your mind is the biggest enemy of your ability to flow freely with the Holy Spirit. And so if you're expecting your mind to, to figure something out, think something up, if it's happening up here, it's not the Holy Spirit. It'll be happening in your inner man, in your belly, where you experience fear, where you experience joy, where you experience so many things. That is your throne room. This is the heart of man, the belly. And the Bible says, out of your belly will gush raging torrents of water. So listen as they are speaking tonight and talking to you about their walk with God and learning to flow with the operation of the Holy Spirit so that God can use their testimony and their experiences to bolster your life. Brother Sean. All right. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Um, Greetings, saints. You guys already know what I do. Grace and peace be unto you from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I like to greet the church. That's me, okay? I like to greet the church because you guys are wonderful. You guys are really blessed. So greetings to everyone. Uh, I give God the praise. Thank you, Pastor Jim, uh, for entrusting this, uh, this moment and this opportunity just to kind of share the experience that I've had. Uh, with experiencing the uh, manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. And I'll give some examples of some things that transpire. But let me say this here. Glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. Man, glory to God. Pastor Jim stirring some stuff up. I'm about to hold <laughs> He's talking about manifestation and things like that. Glory to God. <laughs> Man, you barely just get happy. Seriously. If you got, if you got the Holy Spirit in you, you, you barely get really happy. <laughs> Here's what I've learned. Glory to God. One thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit is this. Uh, let me just say this here. Anything that is biblically based, if you want to know if it has credibility, watch the criticism of it. What he just said. They no longer wrote in their articles no more. Criticism. 
We're not putting up with the tongue stuff. We're not putting up with the gifts of the Spirit. We're not putting up with that kind of stuff. A lot of times we want the absence of criticism because that makes us think it's credible. <laughs> no, that's not. No. Here's the thing. The credibility of the gifts of the Spirit or the operation of God, or let's say it this way, when the gospel is sincerely preached and signs, miracles, and wonders happen, two things happen. When the gospel is preached, signs, miracles, and wonders happen. But that's not all. Criticism follows. Read Acts 14. Read throughout all Acts 14. When they begin to preach the gospel, the Bible says what? They got persecuted. Now, they didn't get persecuted from people way over yonder. They got persecuted from people that was amongst them. <laughs> you understand? And uh, so it's very interesting to me to see the credibility of the gospel. And when you really preach it, when you really do, you see signs, miracles, and wonders, but it does not have the absence of criticism, which makes it what? Credible. It's very credible. I'm telling you that. It's, going, it's, it's very credible, especially if you're really preaching the gospel in a manner and in a way that God really wants it to be preached. And it's not, it's not watered down. It's not mixed, but it's solid and it's pure. And when you preach it that way, you know what begins to happen? People question. And you ought to want people to question. Because that's when you really know you're flowing with God. I'm telling you. Don't believe me. Just read your Bible. Because, you know, I've come to a point in my walk with God. I, 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 I messed around, Brother John, and just lost sight, just not concerned with people no more. What I mean by that, don't, don't take it wrong now. But I, what I'm saying is the criticism of people is what I'm saying. Brother Sean, I disagree. Well, disagree with the word. <laughs> disagree with the word okay now let me let me share this here we just was talking about the credibility uh, uh when you when you have a credible ministry you're going to have criticism to go along with that right okay now we understand that isaiah himself was already prophesying sister my beloved sister isn't she beloved praise god my beloved sister isaiah prophesied what did he prophesy with stammering lips and other tongues. Will I speak to my people? A am I right about that? Yeah. So it was, a, it was a day and a time that was coming, right? Yeah. Am I right? Okay, now, we understand when Jesus came on the scene, we saw manifestations of God's power through him, right? Okay, now, because I want to progress, I want to give Sister Gail the time she needs to minister. But here's the thing. The, the, uh, Jesus told his disciples, go into the upper room and wait till you be endued with what? He didn't say wait till you get born again. He said wait till you be endued with power. Right? From on what? From on high, right? So the Holy Spirit was to come upon them after they were what? Born again. After they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. When they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that put them in a position to be able to receive the power of God. You cannot receive the power with the absence of the born again experience. The, the, the power comes after the, born, the new birth experience. It's like trying to put a cart before the heart. You cannot experience the power of God without, first of all, experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit in the manner of the new birth. So once the new birth comes in, then we are candidates to be able to receive, if I can say it this way, the blanket of the Holy Spirit. His power comes upon us. He clothes us with his power. Now watch. Watch this here now. I just, I just got a couple of notes here, like I said. Okay, now when the Holy Spirit came and empowered them, isn't it amazing? One of the first things that begin to transpire is you begin to see these people, these individuals preach the kingdom of God and they begin to heal the sick. Watch. Raise the dead. You've seen ankle bones being strengthened. You've seen eyes being opened. 
That is a result of, of, of two things. Number one, the gospel was being preached. Number two, because the gospel was being preached, the Holy Spirit was pleased. <laughs> you, you know what scripture that really blows me out the water? I'm going to show you one. You remember when Peter had the, the vision on the, on the housetop and Cornelius, the Lord was ministering to him on his end? And they finally got together. And the Bible said, I'm kind of just going, I can't go through everything, guys, okay? All right, so don't get offended. Brother Sean, you missed the scripture. Okay, just chill. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, when he began to preach the gospel, the Bible says this, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Only when he preached the gospel, the Holy Spirit what? Fell upon them. And the Gentiles began to what? Speak in other tongues. Because <laughs> the Jews thought it was just something that they were to receive. But they didn't realize that it came to the Jew first, but also to the what? Gentiles. So the Gentiles were the ones who are supposed to also receive the power of God. So, Brother Sean, where are you going with this? I'm going somewhere. Just watch it here for a minute, okay? So you begin to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, right? So you begin to see the apostles go out, and he, Jesus even told them in the 16th chapter of Mark, uh, he talked about uh, they went everywhere preaching with signs, following the word, confirming the not confirming the apostle, confirming the word that the apostles was preaching. They gave witness to the resurrection of their Lord being raised from the dead. And because they did that, the Holy Spirit was so pleased that he went there and gave him a wink and he began to do manifestations right in the midst of them. And people began to say, well, what, what kind of stuff is this? They didn't know what was going on. It was a breakout. Here's what the Lord, if, if Pastor Jim don't mind me indulging just for a minute. This is what the Lord showed me some time ago in the middle of 2015. Take it, judge it, let the Lord minister to you with it, Okay. He said, there is coming and there is now, watch this, an implosion of the gospel of grace. And there's also an explosion of that same gospel. Now, what is the implosion? Revelation. What is the explosion? Manifestation. <laughs> because people are going to get so much revelation up in here in their belly, there's going to be a manifestation of God's that's going to take place not only in the church but in H-E-B. You're going to be in the parking lots and what's going to wind up happening, you're going to push your cart back to the to the basket section and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost King James. Okay, Holy Ghost Shin King James, Holy Spirit, New King James. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm bad, ain't I? Glory to God. So you're going to push your cart back to the deal and all of a sudden the holy spirit speak to you say you see that lady over there yes lord say she's in, in stage four cancer she's in the fourth stage fourth stage of cancer okay lord go over there and i want you to speak this one word to her you speak this and you speak that you're gonna go walk over to that lady and say sister i never met you before i don't know who you are i don't really want to know your name right now but i have one thing that i want to ask you do you mind if i minister to you for a minute god already prepared i can tell you that now he got her ready. She already ready. And she'll yield to that. But guess what'll happen? You'll minister to her by the Spirit of God. And once you minister to her by the Spirit of God, it will be a reoccurrence like it was in John chapter 4. Come see a man that told me all about. But it won't really be you or me. It'll be Jesus in us. The Holy Spirit himself that will be doing this, but be revealing these manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. The word of knowledge will be in operation because we know there are what three categories there. You got what the, the power gifts. Am I right? You got the vocal gifts 
Am I right? Am I right about that? And you got to what's the last one? Huh? He got it. Now, wait a minute. Pastor Jim didn't talk, y'all. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of fit now. I'm not offended. <laughs> it's revelation gifts. That's right. So there's three categories of gifts of the spirit. Revelation gifts, power gifts, and what else? It is vocal. Okay? So these are the things that are going to happen. So it's gonna, it's, there has already happened a revelation, an implosion. Remember, an implosion is inwardly. Explosion is what? Outwardly. So you see, it's almost like this. In the old covenant, God was what? Outside the people. New covenant he inside the people. But guess what? He got inside to manifest outside. <laughs> Boy, God cold, man. <laughs> he tough, man. I'm serious. He tough. Now, okay. Now, these manifestations took place. But let me tell you why they took place. Now, you got to read your Bible. Like I said, I ain't giving y'all. You were showing where's the scripture. You literally listen to what I'm saying. I guarantee you I'm following the Bible. I guarantee you I'm following the Bible. Okay. Do you know that these manifestations were really not for the benefit of the church, really? It was to attract the unbeliever. It was to attract the unbeliever. It was to show how beautiful our, really the gifts of the Spirit is not to magnify the Holy Spirit, it's to magnify the Son. It's to magnify Jesus. Because the Bible said the Holy Spirit does not bring attention to him, what? Self. So the Holy Spirit, when he manifested, he wants the Son to be glorified because when the Son is glorified, the Father is glorified. Now, let me get into something real here. Then sister can come. Now, watch this here. There have been some limit. The first person that I ever encountered because I was a Baptist boy and I was pretty much confined to my tradition and whatever my tradition told me to do, I worshiped my tradition and I followed it. But I still had a problem with it. I knew something just wasn't quite right. I knew something wasn't quite right. I said, wait a minute, women in bondage? That's the biggest thing in a lot of denominations. The women are in bondage. And I'm here to tell you, there's a season, there's an hour, and the time has come. Well, women will take the stage along with us as brothers. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> we'll take the stage along with us as brothers and preach the same gospel. Because God began to show me Smith and Polly Wigglesworth. He said, look at Jesse and Kathy. He said, look at Kenneth and Gloria. He said, look at Cruffalo and Ta Guys, do you hear what I'm saying? Male and female. Paul said, there is no what? Male nor female. Okay. All right. Brush on. You, 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 you do know. Friend, let me tell you something. Joel prophesied it. Your sons and daughters. Shall what? Prophesy, okay? So the first person I encountered to ever move in the gifts of the Spirit was a woman. True, true story. My wife's sitting right here. She's from Dallas, Texas. She was a police officer. Never forget her. Her name was Janice Mixon. Maybe y'all heard of her before. I'm not sure. She'd been encountered like on some of the stages with T.D. Jakes or something like that. But I didn't know that at the time. I was still a young guy, couple of years, married, started having children. I started getting inquisitive. I'm just going to be honest with you. I said, so they got a woman preaching? And I hear she's speaking tongues. Nah, I, I got to go see this. I went and saw it. Me and my wife saw it. You know what happened to me, brother? Spirit of God came up on that woman. You, young man, the gold shirt. Never forget it. I looked back. She said, no, you. And I was kind of in I said, man, it's a woman doing this. And they got people in there go to church with me. They go look at Pastor, Brother Sean had a woman <laughs> prophesying to him. Can you believe? So I'm kind of, I'm fearful in a sense. 
But do you know the Holy Spirit in that woman was so accurate, Brother Damon? I, I man, it, was, it blew my mind because everything that was going on in my life, the Holy Spirit went detail. Ask my wife, detail for detail. And I'm thinking, this is a woman. This is a woman, Lord. What, Lord? Do you understand what you're doing here? This is a woman, as though she don't have the same value that I have. And that's what we've done in the church really a lot of times. Devalue the woman. Make her think that she's less than the man. Now, I understand God has a rank. I can't go into all that right now, okay? I can't do that. I, that's, not, that's, something, that's not the sound passage, okay? But the first manifestation I saw that was through a woman. And I really started getting inquisitive, sister. I did. I left the meeting. Not my wife looked at me. She was tear-eyed. I'm tear-eyed. I ain't never been nothing like this before. What are you? No, me either. So we started visiting a full gospel church then. And we started hanging around some full gospel people. I said, these people speaking in tongues too. Then all of a sudden, the guy got up one time. The Lord said, I said, this, this really going on in the church? Then they started calling people that were sick up there. I said, wait a minute. We had the sick and shut in on the bulletin. <laughs> we had the sick and shut in. That's what we did. Where's the sick and shut in the bulletin? Where the bulletin at, Rev? We need to see the bulletin to pray for the sick and shut in. The way we know how to do it in the, what you call that, the prayer band. Prayer missionary number two and three. Y'all know, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. So you get them together, we pray. And I'm not trying to be critical, guys, but nobody never got healed. And I thought back on it. It's like the Lord took me back in order to help me see where I am so I can be more appreciative to where I was at. So, man, I started seeing I said, wait a minute. Well, if they can do that, why well, I can't speak in tongues? Well, what? But I didn't know the benefit of it. I just said, okay, I want it. If everybody else got it, I want it. So I received it, me and my wife. We received it. So we started flowing with it. But honestly, it wasn't really consistent. Let me tell you why. Because you got to understand, in a certain, sometime in certain regions, let me, let me put it to you this way. One time I went to a Norval Hayes camp meeting in Tennessee, Gatlinburg, Smoky Mountain, Norval Hayes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smoke him out. We was living, we was standing on the Vista Ridge. My boys was with me. They were a little bit younger. Man, I was hungry for God. I was traveling all across the country, my wife and Ted. Because we wasn't getting it in our hometown. Listen to what I you heard what I said, in our hometown. Watch. I come back from Tennessee. Uh, Dr. Ryan Lestrange, one of his sons in the ministry, he's in Virginia. This young man was dynamic, just moving in the gifts of the spirit. And I'm like, what? Look at this, man. So honestly, I'm driving. I come back home. I said, wait a minute, Lord. I'm standing in a, yeah, that my wife would have probably thought I crazy, was crazy. Sometimes she thought I was crazy anyway. But anyway, uh, uh, I said, Lord, I got a problem. I say, why don't I see, we see the manifestations in our city the way I saw over way 16, 18 hours I drove away? Then he led me to Mark chapter, what's that, chapter 5, where Jesus could not do no mighty miracles in his hometown because of unbelief. And it was as though God was showing me there's a religious spirit here. Because there was a Baptist preacher that had took jurisdiction over that whole area. And he himself was controlling the preacher. And any preacher that would step out of line, he knew how to deal with him. That was a spirit of a Sadducee and a Pharisee is what it was. That wasn't no spirit of God to control another man's church. How am I going to tell Pastor Jim what to do with his own church? That's, just, that's between him and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> hey, my, hey, you do this here. You do that there. You know, and he was controlling that region. But it really wasn't him. It was the spirit 
See, we don't really believe that. I'm not telling you the devil is powerful than God. That ain't what I'm saying, guys. I'm not trying to say the devil. But, man, trust me, the devil has some. Man, he'd be working in some territories. And we wonder why, why they have so, many, so much stuff going. But watch this here. Now, going into my own personal encounters. Went to start listening to Kenneth Hagin. My sister messed around and gave me a Kenneth Hagin book. I, man, I had never heard of this guy before. I started eating that book. Man, like, what's your favorite meal? You eat it every day. <laughs> I started devouring that book, man. I said, yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but, man, he talked different. He talked and started eating it and eating it. Then all of a sudden, I started putting it in my ears. My wife, honestly, my, my wife understands now. She said, man, you listen to the word 24 hours, man. She said, come on now. <laughs> you know, I was just bombarding myself with it, man, honestly, because I was desperate for the word because I knew the denominations was not the answer, man, and what I was in. And I was struggling. I was trying to really be with God, even with, be with the Holy Spirit. And I was wanting to get into the flow of what God wants, but I was struggling. I really was. And so I messed around, started putting Kenneth in my ears, a novel in my ear, listening to him. I get in the house, I tell my family, y'all had a good day? Good. Good to see y'all. All right. Bye. <laughs> and I go straight in the room. My wife, she, for a while, she was chill with it. She was. She said, I'm going to let him do She said, I can tell he's seeking God. You know, and thank God for a wife that understands that a lot. Man, I'm seeking God. I need this for our family, too. Not only for me, but for, and here it is. Start listening to it. First manifestation in my life occurred like this. My son, Micah, sitting right back there, and my wife, the, the, the girl sitting back there, he broke out with warts all over his body. I mean warts from head to toe. There wasn't warts. There was some name about this long, Brother James. But the dermatologist put it under the name of warts. Make a long story short, because the Holy Spirit started revealing to me how important, watch this here, there must be a marriage between the Word and the Spirit. You cannot have spirit without the word. And you cannot have word without the spirit. And see, even though the full gospels was doing their best, they had a lot of word, a lot of spirit, no word. Then I hung out with the word of faith. No, no, point intended. They had a lot of word, no spirit. I said, Lord, wait a minute. We got to have a marriage between the word and we got to have a marriage between the spirit. Because when Jesus was baptized by John, the Bible said that the word itself that was made flesh, the spirit of God came upon the word. There was a marriage and all of a sudden miracles took place. <laughs> it took place. If you notice, it didn't take place till the spirit came upon him. He didn't cast out one devil. He didn't do anything supernatural. He just was a normal guy. But the manifestation took place when the spirit of God came up. Now, here's what happened. Son was full of warts. I said, my wife said, I'm going to take him to the doctor. I'm going to take him. You don't, you're not, you don't have that much time. Took him to the doctor. Pediatrician said, take him to the dermatologist. I said, okay. Took him to the dermatologist. said, this, this and that. This is what he got. I said, okay. Took him home to my wife. Said, this is what we got. She said, okay. She said, let's do it. I said, no, we're not going to do that. She said, we're not going to give him no medicine. I said, no. I said, we're going to pray and we're going to curse it out of his body in Jesus' name. So we sat there anointing him, put, put all on him. I said, son, Jesus is going to hear your body. He was little. He said, okay. He just sat in the computer chair. All right, okay. Like, okay, daddy, you ain't saying nothing. He sat there. We laid hands on him, began to curse it. I said, watch, I'm talking to you. I command you to drop and die at the roots in Jesus' name. Go about my business. Next day, I do the same thing. I command you in Jesus' name to die. You are dying. Same thing. Now, here's what happened. All of a sudden, about two weeks later, my wife was kind of working half a day. So she would take care of the kids. She was in the bathtub with him. She looks and says, oh, my goodness. 
She heard me call me. I said, what's wrong? She said, his body is healed. I said, honey, the word of God works. The word of God works. Now, let me give you something a little bit more up to date. Just here recently, when I moved to Round Rock, there was a woman, my, my uh, principal mother was living in Pflugerville. He was my principal in high school, and his mother was living in Pflugerville. She took sick. He called me about 7 o'clock in the morning. We was visiting Shoreline, I think, at that time. We wasn't here yet. We was visiting Shoreline, I think it was. He uh, called me. He was crying. I said, what's wrong? He said, man, I'm about to die. I said, you want me to come over there, Mr. Al? He said, if you don't mind, come by. He said, mom in the coma. She ain't responding. Now, let me, let, me, let me be honest with you and say this here. I'm not no healer. I'm not telling you yet. Because I done prayed for a lot of people, and they didn't get healed. And this is what God told me. He said, don't take responsibility for it either. He said, you cannot no, no more take, care, take responsibility for their healing as you can take for their salvation. I said, I got it, Lord. I understand. So you know what happened? Went over there. I opened up the scripture. I started reading healing verses. Over there. He was crying, sitting there crying. She's in a coma, not responding. I laid hands on her, and I began to pray for her, and backed away, sat down, started talking to him. How you been doing? She said, I'm doing good. She woke up. He said, oh, mama woke. I said, well, praise God, brother. So she woke up. She turned around. Now, here's what's so, man, here's what's so amazing. She started talking, clear as day, not like nothing had happened. She said, son, who is that little young guy right there? He's a handsome little guy. I said, she's 90 years old. <laughs> she said, no. He said, that's my, 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 my little school guys that I, I was a principal of. She said, I'm telling you. She said, you married? I said, yes, ma'am, I'm married. You ain't married. I said, yeah, I am. She said, you got, I said, I got kids. You ain't got no kids. I said, I got six kids. You got six kids? I said, yeah, I got six kids. He looked, he said, she talking? But here's what happened, though. Now, she didn't, she died a little while after that. But look, look what happened. See, sometimes we can miss it. Look what the God, this is what the Lord showed me in this situation. Because we sometimes stumble along the way. We have to learn. And this is what Pastor Jim was telling us to do, to show people how we really learn these things. I, I couldn't tell you all of it. I'm trying to just pull out some things to help you just kind of see, because I can't really tell you all the things that we encounter. We encounter some demons sometime in Louisiana when I used to go out there and minister manifestations of stuff, a lot of things. But here's the thing, though, right here. When we, when, when I, we pray for the woman, he look what the Lord showed me. A couple of days I said, Lord, I, gotta, I said, why didn't that lady get up? I said, she, she got conscious again. She need to get all the way up. Now, here's what the Lord said. Now, because see, it was really, if you can say it, a miracle in a sense. She was in a coma. Now, look what he said. Could you have created that miracle? I said, no. He said, what is it to you then? Watch. Now, watch what he was showing me. He said, really, it was something he was doing between the son and the mama. She was getting ready to leave. <laughs> see, he wanted her to be conscious for them to be able to talk. See, I know that sound, you know, like, that just don't sound. But see, we not God. We don't understand God. See, because my understanding, that's why it's God. Let her get up out the bed. No, 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 no. The Bible said the secret things belong to God. But the things that belong to us are revealed to us. Read that in Deuteronomy. It belongs to us as the children of God. But there are some secret things that God said ain't none of your business. Stay out of it. It's between them two. Now, let me give you another one. My father-in-law, check this out now. Listen to this here. My father-in-law, but honey, what when was that? In 2014, we was yeah, we, we yeah, two years ago. We had just moved here about two years because we just moved two years ago. And this is it, sister Gail can come on with it. Now watch this here. I can tell you a lot, but I can't. I gotta just give you some of the. You know what I'm saying? 
the juice, man. Tell him. Tell him, bro. <laughs> okay, here. Here's the thing. My father-in-law had a stroke. What a heart attack, stroke? Stroke. We was coming on from work. Listen, man. Coming on from work. Me and my wife, we carpooling. Coming on from work. All of a sudden, my wife got a call. Hey, you know what? Daddy about to expire. He had a heart attack. He was on a ventilation. In my spirit, right here, in my Noah. I was standing in the bathroom with her, with my wife. Say he ain't going to die. I said, honey, he ain't going to die. And honestly, look, my wife and at that time was kind of emo- I can understand because that's her dad, man. You understand? She kind of got upset. She said some words to me. I said, no problem. I shut the door. I started praying in tongues. Then after that, about 30 minutes, then I stepped in the shower praying in tongues. Then I stepped out of the shower praying in tongues. Then she walked out. And she hugged me. She said, honey, thank you. Then the phone rung. They took him off the ventilator. I said, oh, yeah, he ain't going to die. I'm telling you he's not going to die. I'm telling you he's not going to die. Make a long story short. Here's what happened. Time began to go along. About a couple of days after that, I was on my way to Walmart. The spirit, Quentin was sick. My son, he was, had a, a cold or something. I went to get him some soup. So, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I believe in healing. But at the same time, just being real with you. I'm not going to act like healing take place every day in my house. So I, I ain't scared. I'm just going to be straight up with you, okay? But I have seen some manifestations, and they're credible, too. I tell you that much. But anyway, the Holy Spirit spoke this to him. He said this. He said, do you know that I gave my son a sentence of death? That your, fa- your father-in-law, Robert Andrews, can have a sentence of life? And instantly in my spirit, it was like, so I shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. And the Holy Spirit was flowing with me that way, brother. You see? But then all of a sudden, see? People need to get a truth. Preachers need to tell people the truth. Get a real testimony. My head got in the way. Brother Kenneth, I'm going to tell you the truth. Two years ago, 2014, look what my head told me. But he's not here with you. I say, Lord, okay, but I'm not here with him. The Holy Spirit responded back. Was Jesus with the centurion centurion servant's uh, son? I said, no. Decree it, son. So I started decreeing it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started telling me to tell the family members what's going to happen. I say, he's going to get out the bed, sick 30-fold. I say, he's going to sit up, 60-fold. And he's going to go home, and he's going to be a hundredfold. Well, they, they thought I was this dude was nuts, man. My wife didn't really think I was nuts, but they didn't respond to me. They was kind of distant, like, well, you know, he always kind of been a little, you know. <laughs> I say, but watch what I tell you. Thirtyfold, sixty, a hundred, he coming home. I told my wife, I said, don't worry about he coming home. She called me. She said, he's sitting up. I say, that ain't nothing. He's going to be standing up in a little bit. Watch God. Start standing up. I say, it ain't nothing. He's going to be going out to the truck or the car. He's going home after that. He did. He went home, and I told him that you're not going to need a nurse's assistant. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. His health is still not what God wanted to be, but he's opening himself up. He ain't, Look, the man ain't even, he got activity of both his hands. He's supposed to be like this, Brother John. And God manifested that in his life with his power and just through revelation and things of that nature. One last thing. I was at a funeral preaching, right? The Lord dropped a word of knowledge while I was preaching at a funeral. None of the people wanted me to preach it, really. Honestly, my wife would tell They said, nah, he don't need to preach the funeral. I told the pastor, I said, hey, that's your member? You preach your funeral. He said, no, you're going to preach it because God wants you to preach it. I said, God, don't it, man, I don't want to preach this. He said, yeah, and the people, the family was like, nah, he shouldn't preach it. I said, okay, all right. I got to the funeral, started preaching. The word of knowledge kicked in. 
I said, they got a lady up in here. You on crack. I say, and the Lord say, you think he don't love you, but he, ah, she started screaming. And I said to myself, I said, Lord, that must be her. (laughs) I did. I just said, I said, Lord, that must be her. (laughs) Cause ain't nobody else screaming. (laughs) I'm I'm coming, Sister Gail. I'm coming. (laughs) I say, it must be her. And after the funeral, now mind you now, we had a funeral where some of these guys were supposedly my mentors where I came from. They don't believe in that kind of stuff. Brother John God was setting me up. <laughs> so I'm in the midst of some Baptist people, and I'm speaking in tongues and doing word of knowledge and saying different things, and people running up to me at the end of the meeting, pray for me, this and this and that. And God, you know what? So now I, now I thought God was cold, Mother Lou. I'm going to be honest with you. He said, don't pray for him. I said, don't pray. He said, nope, get in your car and go home. With your family. I said, okay. Got on my car and left. Hey, pray for He just leaving. God said, that wasn't what you was here for. Preach and go. So I'm saying this to share with you. I didn't tell you everything. I, I've, and I'm still learning. I still miss it sometimes. But I, one thing I do understand is praying in tongues is one of the most empowering things you can do. And it's one of the most least things that we do. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray. Nothing wrong with that. But you need to take it and kick it into another gear. If you kick it into another gear, you will see the manifestation of God's power in ways that you have not seen the power of God manifest because I'm telling you the implosion is already happening and the explosion is getting ready to take place and you're getting ready to see people who have been bound to wheelchairs, who have been bound to hospital beds, begin to rise up and go home and experience a life that God intended them to experience. They were never supposed to be sitting in a bed and confined to it, to a wheelchair or to an oxygen mask or whatever they experienced. They were supposed to be experiencing the abundant life and it's coming to them. It's coming to them and it's hitting many of them right now. So learn how to flow. Brother Sean, how to flow. Spend five minutes. Just flow. Just flow for the five minutes and go about your business. When you're doing your laundry, flow. When you're washing dishes, flow. When you're washing your car, flow. And then that flow going to turn from five to 15. 15 to 30. 30 to an hour. And next thing you know, you're on a roll. But I thank God for people like Kenneth Hagen and especially my man, Smith Wigglesworth. I was intrigued by this guy just to see those manifestations. I'm telling you, awesome to see. But if you know anything about Smith, the moment he put his foot on the floor, his wife said, he said, Braska Toshke. He woke up speaking in tongues. Now we think people like that crazy today. He's speaking tongues too much. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that we can ask. Luke said it. He said, if you've been even know how to give good, good, good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Not that you're not, like he said, not that you don't have the Holy Spirit in the new birth as a well, but you need him as rivers, gifts, that where they flow. Manifestations is what those rivers are. Wisdom, healing, miracles. And so many other things. Amen? Praise God. Okay. Awesome. Um, Pastor said to to, uh, share the process. Now, I've been at House of the Lord for over 30 years. And I came to House of the Lord because I was hungry for God. I had been seeking 
And I had gotten to a point where I was very active in my church uh, all the time working. But I started to become very dissatisfied. And in the process, my sister said, who were singing in the choir at the time, we see your lips moving. I said, yes, but I'm not saying anything. And she said, but we see your lips moving. Okay. One Sunday, the Lord said, if you can't get anything out of the message, shut up and read the word. I grew up AME. My great-grandfather was uh, Baptist. So denomination never meant anything to us. It depended on which side of the creek you were on as to which church you were going to. You know, uh, my grandfather's family was uh, Methodist AME. My grandmother's family, uh, the Cooks, were Baptists. Now, if you were in Austin and I was going to church, my grandmother, I walked to church when I was four and five years old, a long way, up till I was six and she died, my dad's mom. She was Baptist. His father's mother was primitive Baptist. So when we were visiting them, us primitive Baptists, we just, you know, so it never meant anything. I, I, we didn't grow up thinking it was anything wrong. But in the process of getting into the word, I started seeing things and being surprised at what I was seeing. That made me start seeking. There was a dentist I was working with who had grown up Assemblies of God, and he introduced me in the midst of crisis in his life, falling apart, to Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagin. And then I started going to other churches that I hear about. And in the process of saying to someone, would you like to pray for your mother? I hear she has cancer. And she said, yes. She said, you believe in healing? I said, yes. She said, when I finish my obligation to my church, I'm going to this church that I just went to. And I said, well, what church is that? She said, House of the Lord. And I thought, I heard of that church. I heard of that church. Now, my brother gets out of prison, decides, God, I'll do whatever you said, but I'm not going to that church where you do nothing and it's dead. He gets under a minister that went to the House of the Lord Bible School for two years. That's how I had heard the name House of the Lord and Pastor Jim. And one night I decided to go in the process. I just felt the presence of God. But I had been seeking about two years and realized I wasn't supposed to join any of those other churches and didn't know why. Now, I'm new. I don't understand any of this stuff. Get to House of the Lord Life starts getting all torn up, attacks left and right. But in the process of learning that word, I was excited. If I wasn't in house of the Lord, I felt like they did something and I missed it. It was nothing strange, and a lot of stuff in that in house of the Lord was very strange coming out of AME. But it wasn't strange. I didn't think it was strange. I mean, I knew it was God. I just knew it was God. And in the process, I started continuing to seek and wanting to know, telling everybody everything. I actually invited my mother and grandmother to a service with Joe Jordan. I didn't know anything about the man. They said healing. They needed healing. We needed healing. My sisters and brothers came. Oh, my God. My mother went home, told my daddy. He said, I'd have just snatched them out of there. My sister was so drunk in the spirit, she was sliding on down the chair. She just never could sit in the chair. So drunk, they had to carry her to the car to get home. Luckily, a friend drove her. But that's how hungry I was for God. 
Nothing was strange to me. But do you know, all of that time, I did not ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if pastor said, go somewhere, there's going to be a message, a meeting, I went. My brother and I went to hear um, uh, Dr. Doolittle, Mormon Doolittle. And he had a word for me about why I had not received or asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and some things that God was going to do. Needless to say, to say, the next day I called my brother, I needed to get this taken care of. I did. Took a while. Didn't think it was ever going to happen. And uh, God was talking to me all the time that uh, Pastor Dukes was, my brother's pastor at the time, was praying for me. And in the process, got filled, started a whole new thing. I was hungry. I was praying all the time, seeking God all the time. And when I decided I needed to find out about leaving, I would pray and hear God say, it's time to go. You need to leave. And I'd say, oh, that wasn't God. That was me because I want to go. Third time around, God says, you can stay or go, but you can't ask again. That made sense, so I knew it was time to go because I couldn't ask it. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be in limbo. Now, before this happens, and I'm just telling you how God, how I was because God deals with you personally. It's not, you're not going to be the way I am, just personality and everything. But... In seeking God and praying and and just hungry for more of God, we were in an assembly, and pastor said, God wants to use some people. If you believe you have a word, stand up. I stood up. Never given a word, heard other people in the church, heard pastor, but I knew something made me stand up. Now I'm standing up where it's, it's several people, you know, like maybe four or five. And I'm like, I am standing up. What am I going to say? I don't know anything to say. But when he pointed to me, opened my mouth, and the Holy Spirit spoke. I was like, wow. Okay. And in the process, God started using me more that way. And I just kept seeking after God. Well, getting back to time to leave AME. So I went and talked to the pastor, made my sister Carolyn go with me. But the last service, like I said, I've always been a part of working in the church. And our missionary unit was in charge of the service. AME do uh, special efforts is what we call them. So every group in the church, one Sunday a month has a special effort because we were never taught about tithing. So that's how the budget got met. And so Carolyn, John's mom, was head of our missionary unit, and she said, God said, everybody's going to have something to do. I'm like, aren't we going to ask somebody to speak? Or You're in charge of the whole service. No, God said, everybody has something to do. Okay. Keep praying, keep praying. 
Lord said, you got a word for this church. I'm like, this church don't know anything about words. That's over there. The other church, the other people, never, not AME, not this house. In fact, one of the ladies in the prayer band, because I was going to the prayer band because I wanted to pray. God had me speak in tongues. It was just the two of us. And she said, baby, I know it's God because I have always been taught that it's not right. And I know he wants me to, but I'm just scared. I'm like, I didn't know anybody said you couldn't do this. Anyway, service comes up. I'm like, and again, I make Carolyn come up with me. And I go to give this word in tongues and then the interpretation. A friend of ours said, I wasn't closing my eyes because I had to see what the pastor was going to do because I knew (laughs) something was going to happen up in here. She said, I've never seen a man squirm so much but could not get out of his chair. And when I've completed what God told me to do, he got up and said, this is glossolalia. Never heard the word before till some point in time, pastor explained it. And it was in the church, but it's not for today. But there was a young man that came up and said, would you pray for me? I have to fly and I'm afraid, but I can't see my father if I don't fly. That young man got what he needed. I moved on. God, and the pastor said, uh, Sister Gail, I knew it was coming, but I'm going to ask them to keep your name on the rolls because you might come back. And for four years, my name stayed on the roll at the AME Church. In the process of learning the Holy Spirit, oh, okay, God, I forgot that One of the things that happened as I was coming to house of the Lord and getting into the word, 1 Corinthians 13 and 14. I love the Lord. Knew that's the first commandment, to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. And as I was reading that, after I had gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just said, you know what, Lord, I do not want to prophesy. Paul said that that was a better gift. But if you want me to, for your people and for you, I'll do it. Didn't know what I was talking about. I just, I'm serious. I just love the Lord and wanted to do whatever would please him and made that confession Stayed in the word, did whatever God said, do. But I didn't, I'm like, he's just giving a word. I don't know where, you know, where it's going. And wasn't trying to operate in any gifts. Just trying to help other people. Just want to be there to pray for the pastors, lift up people's hands. Sister Jan and I went to a women's meeting from a Baptist church. Everything in the world happened to try and keep us from going. But we were able, no money, were able to rent a condo for $25 a night. 
instead of the 100 and something for the hotel. Long story short, we end the first night and praising God and a demon manifests in this lady. And Sister Jan and I was from the house of the Lord. A friend of mine had been uh, worked with me, and so she had been learning. So we stepped back, let the leaders do what they're doing, and these other ladies are like praising God. Oh, the spirit is on her. Jan looked at me. I said, that is not God. That's not God. So we just kept praying in the spirit. Other ladies, ministers were praying for the lady. Nothing happened. They called this very short, matronly uh, white lady over. And we had been thinking she was in the wrong place. She just got lost. There was no reason for her to be there, we thought. She walked over, knelt down, said, you got to go. She don't want you to go. Lady was free. It was on because I wanted to know what was going on. We were looking at each other. We were like, we got to meet her. I mean, that's just, as Brother Sean said, that's how you get when you're hungry for God and, and, and the things of God. And later on in that meeting that night, another manifestation Young lady just went out. Uh, Bishop's wife, Jackie, was there. She was the guest speaker, in fact, and uh, went over and knelt down, was ministering to her. The Holy Spirit propelled me over there. I am serious, y'all. The Holy Spirit, you asked Sister Jan, propelled me over there. I knelt down, pushed Sister Jackie, whom I did not know yet, out of the way, started ministering like war in tongues over this woman and decreed her free, and she got up and was free. Now, you know it was on then, because I definitely didn't know what I was doing. I'm just, it was God just following the Holy Spirit. And that's what my whole journey has been about. Do you want God? I have never wanted to do anything for me. I, I, I saw people, prophetess this, prophet that, just didn't sit right. Was not seeking a gift, but I did want what God wanted. And if it looked good and it was God, I was after it. I just didn't know how far it would go. And God's problem with me, just to help you all out, is I like to know the end before the beginning. I, I, I want to know the end before the beginning. I will read the end of the book, the last chapter. I'm going to read the last chapter of the book before I start the book. Just, you know, is it going to be good? Is it going to end right? That's me. And when God started dealing with me and using me, it it was strange. And there was no one to teach me. There was no one to mentor me. Um, One morning, a pastor said, somebody has a word. I gave a word in tongue, and then interpreted. I'm like, ooh, this is not right. Oh, 
what are God going to do? What is the pastor going to do? Because my knowledge was if someone gave a message in tongues, somebody else interpreted And pastor just said in passing one day, God is really going to use you. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I'm just walking this thing out and not knowing. And pastor would say, somebody has a word. Or we're, we're waiting. We're waiting because God has a word. That was my comfort zone. I would know. I would feel an unction, uh, as Brother Sean said, in my knower. Uh, Sometimes I would have a voice saying, you know, this is you. I would speak to my people. But I'm waiting for the man of God to say, And if he said, then I had the confidence. You know, God will let you be a baby for a little while. But after a while, it's like, move. And I'm, I'm, Pastor said to share, I would be saying, okay, God, if you just have Pastor say, you know, if he just does this, and for a little while that worked, then it stopped working. And it was either you know me or you don't know me. Uh, So I had to move because I believed it was God. There came a time when things were going on and I didn't always get recognized. And that is a difficult thing. You stand up, and before you've been recognized, but you're not recognized. And I had the enemies saying all kinds of things, you're wrong, you don't know, then talking about pastor. And I had people saying, oh, you know, I just love when you give a word. You know what, y'all need to get real and know God is speaking to you. I am nothing. I'm just a vessel that wanted to be yielded and gives, gives, gives to this day the Holy Spirit free reign. Every day I come in here, Holy Spirit, you have free reign. My spirit is submitted to you. And I just knew from God, look, you were sent here. Man of God didn't ask you here. I called you to be submitted to the man of God who is submitted to me for the people. You're part of the people. Now, if I speak to you, you need to move because I have spoken to you and you know it. If he says no, that's not about you. You do what you're supposed to do. He does what he's supposed to do, but you have to be in submission to him as you are in submission to me. Get your feelings under control. It's not about the flesh. And in the process of time, this man of God said before a congregation what was going on and that it was not about me. But you know what? I still had had to come to my moment with God 
to know. Each of us has to know. You have to get to know the Holy Spirit before you ever give a word, before you ever seek to minister deliverance to somebody. You have to know that you know the God you serve. You have to know the Holy Spirit. I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, taught in children's church, and we talked about, I taught them about the Holy Spirit, your BFF. The Holy Spirit is the best friend you have. Everybody else is a friend. You have your husband, your wife. My husband became jealous of, of God. When I was at Metropolitan, I didn't have any problem doing the same old stuff. But when, the, when you get to know the word, the enemy comes from the, for the word and he will use whatever. Went through two separations. God said, wait, I'm going to work it out. Because, and my husband said this to one of my uncles. He thought that it was like another man had come into our relationship. Somebody else was more important. And when I said to him, when he asked, am I the most important thing in your life? And I said, next to God. And that wasn't good enough. But I had come to a conclusion that because of the things I had gone through, Lord, I can lose everything, but I can't lose you. Whatever has to happen has to happen, but I cannot, will not go back to being without you. And in the process, my husband came to the conclusion, nobody else loves you. Those people in that church love you. He came to the conclusion that when his nephew was supposed to, uh, got hit by a car and was going to be brain damaged, if he lived, would you pray and ask that church to pray? God will work it out if you get to know your God. You will walk in confidence when I got to know Ken and Jennifer, Tara, um, met them, and Sister Tara, bless her little heart, she didn't know what she was getting into. She didn't know who this woman was, and she knew she didn't want to do that speaking in tongues stuff. She just was. But you have confidence that when they say they have a need and ask you, you can meet that need. You have the answers. You may not know that you have the answers, but because you are walking in the anointing, you are walking with the Holy Spirit. He will show you. He will lead you. He will guide you. I got invited to my aunt's church and uh, she asked me to speak a little bit. They had a guest speaker. And in the midst of going up, God said, I got a word for this church. I said, okay. Asked the pastor. And uh, because he knew me, uh, Pastor Davis, knew my pastor, he said, okay. The word had to do with a minister in his church, knew fairly, that was trying to split his church. Had no idea. Um couple of months later, in fact, after this retreat, um, he and his wife tried to take some of the people. My uncle said, 
you were so right on. And the pastor had put so much in his hands because he trusted him, having come out of a big church in California, trusted him. But God had a different plan. I would have never, ever had the strength, the ability to do something like that, except I pursued God, pursue God, and I sat under a man of God that was willing to teach the word uncompromisingly. And I am not trying to exhort, lift up, or butter up Pastor Jim, but I'm just telling you, when God sets you under somebody, he is doing it for you and for a reason. The anointing is for the people. The anointing is for those who are broken and lost. God has only us. Pastor has said it before. One thing about the devil and God that is the same, they each need a vessel in the earth to work through. We are his anointings. We are those that are he that walk in the supernatural. You don't have to go the way I went. When there is a class, when there are people here, you need to be here. You need to be searching out. You need to be getting everything that you can while you can. Because right now, you can learn. It is you are at home. This is your family. You make a mistake, God can correct it. Pastor had such a hard time with me because I always wanted to know that I was right. I, you know, you can't do that. You have to move because you know God and know that if you make a mistake, he's big enough to correct it. It's his house. We're all his people. He can correct it. And he will. But you have to be a willing vessel. And in the process of being a willing vessel, you have to know that as you search and seek God, there's some stuff going to come up in you that you don't like. Didn't know was there. Sometimes you're going to think, well, I already walked through that. And it starts coming up. I came into the church one Saturday and ladies meeting but pastor jim was there and i said uh pastor i was praying and this happened i mean you know when a voice comes up and says it's gonna kill you and it's an ugly voice you like where did it come from and but you know it can't kill you but you just don't understand i did not understand and pastor says great men of god have gone through seasons of prayer, pressing into God, and stuff comes up that they didn't think was there. And he prayed for me and with me. There are some things in you that don't belong to you because they came from generations. But they will come up as you press into God. But you have to tell the devil, I'm not scared of you. I had to tell him, look, I'd rather sit on the bench when people find out what's going on than to be dealing with you. I'm talking to my pastor. I don't care. 
I would rather never give another word, never teach another class than to deal with this darkness and then get free. You are more powerful than you know. The anointing breaks every yoke. Jesus said, all power and authority has been given into my hands, and I give it unto you. Lordship, I mean, what pastor taught Sunday, lordship. Is he Lord? Check yourself. Is he Lord? Or is he just Lord, if I get what I want, if I can do what I want, and then I can go ahead and go to church, but only if I'm doing what I want to do the way I want to do it when I want to do it. But I'm still at church doing this. You know what? You press into God, the word will change you before you will change others. You must yield everything fully and completely to him. He says... You have to love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. You cannot have any other gods before him. There are a lot of little things that we're doing in our lives that we are putting before God. God needs us because there's a hurting world out there. It's been said, I'm going to tell you, God said there's getting to ready to be a big change. There are getting ready to be Miracle signs and wonders. You may lose your best friend, but if you stick with God, you're going to have greater friends. You're going to be able to do greater things. God is getting ready to show out. It's going to start in the house of God. But if you go back, there was a prophecy given by Sister Diana that I have been reading and meditating a few years ago. But she saw ambulances coming to this house, unloading people. People were packed in. And when they asked, how did you come? Why are you here? We heard that healing and miracles happened here. We heard when miracles start happening, when people start getting free, the noise will go throughout the city. Are you ready? Are you ready to be a vessel that when the word goes out, because the word is going, God is ready, the word is going. Are you ready? Are you ready? If not, repent, tell God you're ready. Get, trust him. Trust him with everything that you have, with your marriage, your life, your career. He may turn it, but it'll be greater than you ever thought you could make it. God loves you, but God, as pastor has taught us, wants the cosmos. He wants everything back, and you are the vessels he has to use to get it back. We will spend more time and more time. Sometimes we'll have Sunday night meetings There will be more taught on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights than in the Sunday morning because a lot of people come on Sunday just for their real cream. Little dab will do you. But the serious people are the ones that come back on Wednesday night. 
You heard Brother Sean talk. You heard Sister Gail talk. Everyone has an individual walk as they develop with the Holy Spirit. More and more, the ministers of the body will begin to share with you about their learning to flow with the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor, I, I want to see what God's going to do at House Lord, but He'll do it through somebody else. Brother Big Name will come or... No, no, no. There is a thing in the Spirit called synergy. The more people that are hooked into the flow, the greater the anointing. Spend time every day praying in the Spirit. You, go to, you drive to work, you've got 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. Pray in tongues all the way to work. You're doing projects, you're mowing the yard. Well, not this week. Uh, you're mowing the yard, you're doing other things. Pray in the Spirit. And then start taking your New Testament and looking for interaction between the Holy Spirit and individuals. You'll find over 31 interactions between the Holy Spirit and an individual. As you read what God was doing there, it gets you familiar with ways, not the way, because there isn't the way. There are ways that the Holy Spirit operates in different times and different situations. But start reading through your New Testament. Begin with the book of Acts. And find that the Holy Spirit says, you know, get up to the upper room. The Holy Spirit says, send for Peter. The Holy Spirit says, do this. The Holy Spirit said, do that. I started to go over here, but I was forbidden of the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in your prayer language. And then look for the interactions. Get you a spiral binder, a three-ring notebook, a tablet. Write down how it happened that the Holy Spirit worked with an individual or with a group. Then meditate on it. Would I recognize the Holy Spirit's operation in this situation? Would I see that as the way the Spirit's operating? We're going to let you go in just a moment, but I want to encourage you. There is coming to house the Lord a great move of God. Miracles, signs, and wonders will become pronounced, and it will draw the crowds in, not because we're having Jesse Duplantis or Norville or something. I don't know what year Sean was at Gatlinburg, but Lou and I was there one year with T.L. Osborne and Daisy and uh, Norval Hayes, Jimmy Dupree, and a number of others. And one night, it was a 12-story hotel with a center atrium open. And one night during the meeting, it was late, the meeting had passed, and people just began to come out on the balconies and started singing hallelujah. Pretty soon there were nearly 12 floors of people singing hallelujah, and it broke loose. Well, then some people thought the Holy Spirit needed help, and so they went and got their instruments and started marching through the lobby downstairs playing. But there was such a power as each person 
began to add their voice to that chorus. And that whole building was being filled with God's presence. There are times the Holy Spirit, you just got to listen when he says, get up and go out to the balcony and become a part of what I'm doing and watch the power of God be manifest. Sometimes you'll be in an assembly and things will happen. At house the Lord, anytime you have a word, something the Holy Spirit wants to bring, you walk to the side or to the side and you wait, you'll be recognized. You don't have to jump up in the middle of the assembly and begin to run off at the mouth. That's not God. The Holy Spirit says, let everything be done decently and in order. And if you jump up and begin to run off right in the middle of the service, you'll probably find an usher escorting you out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit never interrupts himself. And if a minister... Uh, of the gospel, a minister under the anointing is ministering, the Holy Spirit will not interrupt what he's doing through that vessel. Well, what if I've got something to say? Wait until it's time to say it. Because the Holy Spirit does things decently and in order. I want you ready to, one, recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing corporately. Two, I want you to be able to recognize when it is the Holy Spirit flowing through a person and when it's not. I want you to be able to recognize when it's the Holy Spirit coming to you and when it's not. And remember, your mind is never the channel the Holy Spirit uses. You can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart and please God. But the Holy Spirit will move out of your belly, not out of your thought life. So your assignment now is to begin spending more than ever time praying in tongues and then going through the New Testament beginning with Acts, looking for those instances where the Holy Spirit interacted with individuals so that you will be able to see in the Scripture how people were used of God and how you can be. Father, I thank you that you are calling this body to active service in the work of the Holy Spirit. Father, I know there's not a person in the sound of my voice that can't be used of you. Father, open our eyes to yield. Open our hearts to yield. Give us the warm assurance of your presence that we may know you, walk in you, and demonstrate you for the world to see. It takes time to grow in the Holy Spirit. But pretty soon, you'll be flowing. Now, if you have not yet received your prayer language, any assembly, walk up to one of the ministers, Sister Gail, Brother John, Brother Brian, would you pray with me? I want my prayer language. They will pray with you, and you can receive your prayer language. Say, Brother Richard, would you pray with me? Let the family draw you in to the Holy Spirit's operation. Then begin to grow in that. You're loved, you're blessed, God's hand is upon you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No tongue rising, no curse, no incantation, no soulish prayer or work of darkness arrayed against you shall prosper. But in everything, the power of the blood of the Lamb sets you free and ushers you into His abundant prosperity. You're loved, you're blessed, go with God.